Maybe you've seen a movie like this before where the main character is in a precarious situation near death. He looks at the camera and he says, you probably wonder how I've got here. It's probably good to start at the beginning so that I can tell you the whole story. This first week of Advent, we find ourselves in a pretty precarious spot ourselves. Jesus is on a roll in the 13th chapter of Mark. He tells us about the destruction of the temple, the signs of the end times, persecution of those proclaiming the good news, the great tribulation and the coming of the Son of Man, and he concludes it all with what we heard today. Watch. Be watchful. Be alert. Jesus is telling us about the end of the story, when the Son of Man will return, a time that no one knows. As I said, we find ourselves in a pretty difficult situation with this gospel. We're talking about the end of the story. In in order to understand the end of the story, we need to go back to the beginning. We hear in our first reading that Isaiah is speaking about God. He's speaking to God, and he calls him our Father. But with calling God by his name, he's also coming out with a sense of anguish, with a sense of sadness in his voice. Isaiah is pointing towards an ever-present reality in the Old Testament, the reality that we were once part of a beautiful relationship with God, but through sin, that relationship was broken. The reality that this deep anguish of losing our original relationship is felt over and over again in the Old Testament as God's chosen people are sent off into exile. Far from their homes, they endure division, famine, and turmoil. Isaiah begs that God rend the heavens and come down. As we can never hope to restore the relationship with God on our own, we need God to come down for us. And the best part of this story is that he does. God so loved the world that he sent his only son to be with us, to walk with us, to live with us, to suffer and die for us, all so that we can once again flourish as our children, as children of our Heavenly Father. This is good news, good news that we are called to rejoice in, good news that we are called to share, good news that we are called to respond to. We can't hear the good news without responding to it. And as we respond to the good news, we have to stay awake. This is what it means to respond to the good news, to be alert, to be watchful, to always be awake. Yes, this text points us to the end of time, to always be ready for the second coming. But this text also points us to this very moment, to stay awake right now. For Christ is with us. He is in our midst. And we cannot be found sleeping when he is with us. We know that it's happened before. We know that his own followers fell asleep when he asked them to be with him, to pray with him. When Jesus was entering into the darkest hours of his life, he called his closest friends to be with him and said, Stay with me. Pray with me. Be with me. Yet every time he would come back, he would find them sleeping. Jesus is calling us to more. He is calling us to stay with him and to pray with him and to stay awake with him. And how will he find us? Will he find us sleeping? Or will he find us awake and ready to respond to his call? And don't be fooled. 
Just because we are here, it doesn't mean that we are awake. We can be consumed over and over again by so many things that keep us from being fully awake. We can allow our jobs to consume us. We can allow sports, politics, or the news to consume us. We can allow our relationships, our pride, all to consume us. We are sleeping when we allow these things to take over our lives. When we are consumed by these and anything else that isn't Jesus, it means that we are starting or already asleep. The church doesn't need, Jesus doesn't need, more people who fall asleep on him. He needs us to be awake. And we have to have a living relationship with Christ, lived in the heart of the church and the sacraments, and given over to evangelization and the conversion of the world. This is what it means to be awake. If we take seriously for a moment and reflect on this idea of being awake, does it sound like something that's taking place in our own lives? Am I in a living relationship with Jesus Christ? Do I live my life in the heart of the church and her sacraments? Am I totally available to proclaim the good news of God's love to the world? Am I driven by the idea of evangelization for the conversion of all? If anyone here says no to any of these questions, we are sleeping. If we can't say with boldness yes to every single one of these questions, we are sleeping. Advent is a time of preparation, a time to sensitize our hearts to the coming of Christ. And if there was any hesitation in saying yes or no, it's okay for now. But we can't remain that way. We need to use Advent. We need to take advantage of this time of preparation, this time of preparing our hearts for the indwelling of Christ at the nativity of our Lord to come into us so that we may receive him, so that we may be able to say, yes, I am awake, Lord. Yes, I am watchful for you, Lord. Yes, I am alert for you, O Lord. During this Advent season, our God is preparing a great gift for each one of us, a gift of grace that we're going to receive at Christmas time. And the only person that can refuse that, that gift from us is our very selves. We need to stay awake. We need to listen to Jesus, to watch for him, to be alert for him.